Welcome to Talk Mental Health with Logan Noon. This is episode 76 with my friend Monica Ketchum. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to support this podcast and help me out, the best way you can do this is leaving me a rating and a review on however you're tuning into this podcast, whether that's on iTunes or Spotify, Google Store, doesn't really matter. Please leave a review and a rating. Also, if you uh, checked out my children's book and you liked that, please leave a rating and a like and a review over there too. It helps me so much, I cannot tell you, um, with the whole algorithm of the good old internet. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode. This is Monica. She's a classmate of mine. She's a little bit behind me. She's a a second-year medical student. We met playing basketball kind of years ago. Um, She's experienced depression in a variety of ways. She has been accidentally poisoned, and she talked about kind of that traumatic experience and how it had a really incredible impact on her life and changed her. She also talks about kind of experiencing depression in the midst of COVID, in the midst of becoming a mother. And it's really an interesting story, so I think you guys are going to like it so much. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. All right, and we're recording. All right, this is Monica, uh, third year? Third year, Mm -hmm. Second year. Oh, I'm sorry, second year. Okay, and yeah, we knew each other from... We go to school together, but of course different classes, but we played basketball together. Um, And then you asked to come on the podcast, and I couldn't be more honored and thrilled to kind of have you on. And you have really an exciting story to to share um, with certainly a lot of ups and downs. And uh, we're going to talk about kind of how you had definitely issues with depression, but they were very different in their own right. And it's it's a really cool story, and I'm excited to kind of get to know you better. And yeah, thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you are a second year. Um, at least, can you paint the a picture of what your life looks like now, um, where you're at, kind of what you're doing for the for the listeners, please? Uh, so yeah, I was second year. I did MAMS, which is why you thought I was a third year. Um, okay. so we've definitely known each other that long. Um, and uh, I have two kids, um, a five-month-old, almost five-month-old, and a three-year-old um and a wonderful husband uh, and we're here living in Yakima and hopefully Monday I find out that we're moving back to Alaska for clinical rotations okay cool cool yeah the, the fiasco of figuring out that we're moving with our school that wild system so I wish you the best of luck in that and yeah I'm always so I think humbled and also inspired when i I actually didn't know you were a mother or maybe I knew that and just kind of kind of forgot but classmates who are able to handle medical school and also handle being a parent, like, oh my God, I can barely handle my pets, you know? And uh, so it's really cool that you're able to juggle all that. And that is super, super awesome and inspiring to me to keep doing, you know, my own thing too. Um, So awesome. Yeah. Welcome again. So this is of course, Talk Mental Health with Logan Noon. So let's just start off. When, when in your life did you start experiencing any kind of like mental health challenges? I think, um, you know, growing up, I was always taught kind of like pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of a mentality. Um, and it was very much, uh, so my dad was military. Um, so we moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, but I graduated high school from Alaska and that's where I did my undergrad. Okay. And about my husband and he's from there. Um, so definitely strong ties there, but, um, so yeah, it was definitely like, you know, depression and and mental health problems were people not trying hard enough I think is is kind of the what I was taught um and that's what my dad was taught so it's not like you know one of those generation generational things that that um is unfortunately all too common uh, in a lot of different cultures but um so I don't know. I, I think I, like I did the like, teen angsty things. Like I think we, a lot of us all go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like I was pretty solid for the most part. Uh, and then I had my accident, um, which was very traumatic. Um, <laughs> where I, I was poisoned, which is always just such a weird story to kind of tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't say I have many people that I've known that have ever said to me. So yeah, I got poisoned that one time. You know, so uh, definitely weird experiences. So I'm sorry to hear that happened to you. So what happened? Um, it, so my husband and I, uh, we were 
still dating at the time and we've been together for like two years uh and i had planned a romantic getaway um down south and it was like uh, it was over thanksgiving i think a couple days we were going to this like cute little bnb um and i was really excited because i had just turned 21 um and the place made wine on site okay um and that was like one of the the things that they um advertised as, yep. as part of How their they get you uh, exactly five dollar fee yeah <laughs> um but so we get there and we check in and the the guy that checks us in is like so here's your room and i, I paid a little extra for like the cute little side room um and he's like there's glasses in there and there's a hot tub outside um and there's the wine outside and you just bring the glasses out there and you drink the wine and you enjoy the hot tub it's right on the ocean and um wow. it's beautiful yeah super excited um so we go and we got there really late um and it's alaska in the winter so it was super dark and um it was, it was really beautiful it's really unfortunate that it happened um but uh we go we 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 take off the cover for the hot tub um and there's only like fairy lights so definitely really dark and i find this bottle that has um like a removable stopper on it um which is kind of like you know it's a bottle out in public that you're kind of expected to drink and you take a little bit and you put it back for the next person so it wasn't weird um although looking back probably should have questioned it a bit more um, and, uh, so we pour it and we're sitting in the hot tub and it looks like sparkling, um, um, like champagne, mm -hmm. white wine, sparkling white wine. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, we clink, you know, like you do. And yeah. I take a big sip cause I'm newly 21 and can finally legally drink. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and I swallow it and I was like, huh, that tastes really weird. Um, and so my husband, um, takes a smaller sip and he's like, I think that that is hydrogen peroxide and turns out it was, Oh, but it wasn't like the hydrogen peroxide that you buy in the store. It was, um, like industrial cleaner strength hydrogen peroxide, okay. um, which really does a number on your internal organs when it yeah. like, comes into contact with them. Um, so we proceeded to, I don't know if you know this, but they use hydrogen peroxide to make people vomit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we proceeded to vomit for a good 30 minutes, I feel like. Oh yeah. Um, and he went to go call 911 or went to go talk to the person, I think, um, who owned the, that checked us in to, to kind of get a little bit more information on what it was. And I called poison control to find out what we should do. Um, and uh, basically what happened is we went to the hospital um, and they did a CT scan and they found air emboli in my portal vein, wow. which I actually know what that is now. There you go. <laughs> um, and they told me there was no hyperbaric chamber where we were um, in rural Alaska. And the only way to get to a hyperbaric chamber would involve a helicopter and um a private car to go to a private company because at the time there was only like one mm -hmm. um and uh so that was kind of out because it was a little bit it was more risky to transport me than it would to be to stay in the hospital what yeah. they said because if they were worried that if we um gotten a, a helicopter that the um Altitude. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so the doctor told me that basically either um, the air emboli would dissolve, which was more likely to happen given my age, um, or they would travel and then I would probably die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, no big deal. You know, no just deal. a romantic, suppose a romantic weekend with your boyfriend at the time or whatever, and you end up in the hospital potentially dying of an era embolus, as I imagine what they were so terrified of. And yeah. Um, man, yeah, so that's terrifying. So, I mean, you're talking to me today, so thankfully it went okay. I mean, did it go smoothly or was it a touch and go there for a second in the hospital? It went pretty smoothly. Um, they had me on a lot of morphine because I was in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. um, I had burns all through my esophagus yeah. and in my stomach. Um, but they, they did a CT, I think it was a CT scan that night. 
Um, and there was a bunch of air emboli in there and then they repeated it the next day. Um, I was in the ICU all night and wow. most of them were gone. So they knew by the next day that it was probably going to be okay. And I think they kept me in the hospital for two, two or three days mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that all of the air emboli were gone. Um, and then they did endoscopies to check the burns. Um, but, uh, so after, after that time, it, it was, it was mostly smooth sailing. Um, thankfully no, no real issues once we were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I imagine but, that was of course, you know, very mentally, uh, straining of course for, I mean, that's a tame word of course. Was it mentally taxing being in the ICU for those few days or was it that you were so kind of doped up and out of it that you don't really remember and then you dealt with so many things after that event? It was kind of that. I think I was in shock for a lot of the time that we were in the uh, hospital Um, just because it was just so random. Like I remember I I called my dad immediately and and he was willing to to buy the helicopter to fly me wherever I needed to go if that's what would, needed to happen or, or not or whatever. Um, and he was overseas at the time, so he wasn't mm. um, able to be there. Um, and uh, and I called my grandmother. I think I was still in the hospital when I called her. And I remember telling her that I got poisoned, and she was like, "Did someone try to kill you?" I'm like, "No, no, Mima. I'm I'm not some you know foreign dignitary." Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Russian agent <laughs> they uh so yeah it was all it was just really uh, mind-boggling I think mm-hmm. um and so we you know I I got out of the hospital things were mostly fine I had to follow up with a GI for another endoscopy to see kind of how the burns were healing um but again they kept they were like you know you're young so you'll probably be fine um like no like lasting damage or or anything Mm -hmm. like that um but no one mentioned hey you just had a traumatic accident that might mess with you a little bit you should probably think about getting some help yeah which i feel like now was one of the reasons why um i chose a do school is like you kind of you have to take care of the whole patient not just their physical problems yeah. And I mean, MD or DO, it just seems like sometimes doctors get in this mindset of, okay, well, we saved her. She's living. It must be a happily perfect ending kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, the, the trauma aspects and the amount of stress that we put our brains under through that little minor experience, or that major experience, excuse me, um, changes the brain. You know, what I, what, why I said minor is because I was almost thinking of my own life. You know, I never was in the hospital or anything wild like that. But one time I got injured in soccer. I thought uh, my spleen was having issues. Spleen, excuse me, left side, jeez. Good thing I'm being a psychiatrist, right? Um, I got kneed in the side. No one can see you. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I got kneed in the side and I was like peeing blood. It was really bad. They thought they were maybe going to have to operate. Um, And I remember even after that experience, they didn't have to operate. I had some weird kind of trauma after it. After I had a couple car accidents in high school kind of traumatic kind of, I actually have flashbacks of those traumatic events, those car accidents. And thankfully, you know, I'm super lucky. I was not hurt in those car accidents, but just the actual accident itself really did traumatize me and, and change my attitude in good and bad ways, I think, moving forward. Um, So it, it definitely sounds like that happened to you as well. So how did you handle kind of getting help or, or, you know, did you suffer for years? Like how, how did you get on the right track? So I like immediately after it was Thanksgiving. So, you know, I was in school um, and I have like zero memory of school from that time. And I like previous to my accident, I had like straight A's and I think that semester I ended up with straight C's and I don't remember going to any finals. So I don't know if I just like, bounced off of school and totally forgot or like what happened. I was on a lot of drugs. So Mm -hmm. who really knows what was going on? Um, And then the next semester or Christmas break happened. I got engaged to my husband. So I was on kind of a high of that. And then the next semester of school started and and things were pretty normal. Um, And I was like in ROTC and I, I had some friends there and I remember starting to go to classes and, and slowly like, as the weeks went on of that 
um, spring semester, I like left the house less and, and less and, and less. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things that I didn't really like, I kept kind of like, I was in denial. Um, and I've come to find that my, uh, reaction to trauma is to just kind of like stick my head in the sand. Um, I'm a little ostrich mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I, I was, completely incapable of admitting that anything was wrong. Um, and I don't think anyone really knew at the time, um, like I was really good at hiding just how bad things were getting, but I wasn't leaving the house. Um, I think I had quit my job. Um, and I was totally lying to my, uh, then fiance about anything. Uh, and I failed all of my classes. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, or maybe I had the the common sense to withdraw from my classes. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but um, so then summer happened and things were pretty good because I didn't have any responsibilities. Um, and I mostly just sat on the couch and did nothing. Um, and then fall semester started and the same thing kind of happened where I like signed up for all these classes and I was like, you know, ready to go. And then I just finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Marquis. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Wouldn't leave the house again. Okay, so um, just just this pattern of kind of self isolating, you know, kind of classic depression symptoms. But mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 sad. But you know, I my experience kind of the same way started isolating, 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 and still, I mean, I I should have recognized it in myself, but it's really really hard. And did anyone in your life help you move to the next step of actually? talking to a doctor or a professional about it? Or did you finally, did something click where you were like, I need to take care of this? I was like halfway through that fall semester and I realized that something was obviously very wrong. Um, mm. And uh, and so I, I reached out to my um, fiance's sister who was in mental health and I asked her if um, she knew any counselors because I was like, I'm having a little bit of difficulty. Do you know anyone that could help me out? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and like we were, we had to end up suing the place um, because they didn't want to pay any of my medical bills. Yeah, um, actually, and I was going to ask that. I completely forgot. That's crazy. Yeah, they're oh. definitely. They never even refunded my money for the the stay of when we were there. Um, <laughs> that that overall. bottle that was ne- that wasn't the wine bottle. Yeah, gosh. So it looked everything just like a wine bottle too. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a wine bottle. Um, they had a, a label on there where you could see where it used to like have Merlot or something. It was like a, a homemade label. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see that they had written something in marker, but I guess like being out on the beach, um, it had faded. Yeah. Um, and so there was no like caustic chemicals, do not drink, like literally nothing to show that there was hydrogen peroxide in there and everything that it was like a drinkable liquid. Um, yeah, that's uh, utterly terrifying. I now am going to be on the lookout for any Airbnb like that, man. But, uh, <laughs> so I digress. So you were, you finally, you talked to your fiance's sister um, and she kind of introduced you to a counselor or, or what, and you finally found somebody? Yeah, she, uh, she pointed me to a couple places, um, but I ended up going with um, this, I found this guy, I think I went to one place and I didn't really like it. So I found this other guy. Um, who I liked a lot. And he was like, I, you know, we had our initial um, meeting and I kind of told him how I wasn't leaving the house and I was failing all of my classes and things were going pretty badly. And he was like, yeah, you, you probably have depression. And I'm pretty sure I was like, I don't, I don't think that's true. Like that doesn't seem right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Obviously it was right, but uh, I digress. Um, Anyways. So it was, it was, it was so difficult. It was difficult to admit that I had a problem, that it was like a real legitimate problem. And it wasn't just like a moral failing on my part. Um, 
and then when I finally did admit that, that I had depression and that it was a problem and it, it wasn't my fault, which was a big one. Um, it was like, like just the, I don't know if you had this in your experience, but just like you would take these steps forward and like things would kind of like start looking up and then you'd fall back to like step one mm-hmm. and then you crawl forward a little bit farther and like things would be kind of good again for a minute and then you would fall back. And I did that, I think for like a year and a half, just like kind of like doing a little bit better and then going back and then a little bit better. And then, and then just those frequent steps back and like going back to my old bad habits that I had like established at that point. And, um, it was just, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. I think that was like the biggest, the, the biggest problem with, with the depression. Um, yeah, yeah, certainly. And, you know, I, I remember kind of being in those kind of patterns and what I've kind of just come to expect with my at least experience in medical school to say the least you know I just expect kind of the ebbs and the flows and I really try to to take it in stride just and almost what I've always learned as someone with bipolar is I know that the highs and lows are constantly going to come and if I just continue to expect that I do a little bit better when they handle it but I certainly still get sad and I certainly still have periods of hypomania. And I think sometimes, you know, having this podcast, being a med student, people assume that like, because I have bipolar disorder, but I'm doing all these things, it must be perfectly managed. And it it never is going to be perfectly managed kind of thing. And so, you know, I, that's one way I feel like I've grown in the years that I've had bipolar disorder, where I would initially get very frustrated, you know, if I, slipped back into my bad patterns like you described. Or for me, especially at the beginning, it, uh, my depression and my weight kind of went hand in hand. So if I my weight was fluctuating, my depression was fluctuating kind of thing, I get really, really frustrated. And now I, I, I've really just tried to groan, you know, being a married man, it certainly pressures off a little bit um, in some respects, uh, but not at least mentally, you know, and just trying to mentally weather the storm. My therapist would always make references to kind of weather and and that was he's like you know we're we're trying to just get through this sort of together we don't know whatever's going to kind of come our way and at least while i'm talking about this random proverb that he talked about why i like meditation so much is you know when you're living life you're kind of weathering this storm sometimes the river is going to be wild and crazy other times it's going to be calm cool and collected and you can just navigate wherever you want to go nice and easy but the act of meditation is taking a break from that river and standing on the river bank and just watching everything kind of go by. And so that's, that's for me. I mean, geez, that was 11 years ago or 10 years ago when David Wilson, a therapist from Worcester, Massachusetts taught me that, that little symbol and it's, it's stuck with me for years. And so I, maybe that's something you could try meditating on, but how did, when did, things start to turn kind of for you for the better. When did you kind of start to, for lack of better words, pull it together a little bit in some regard, break those patterns. So this was, um, I think like late 2013 was when I finally got help. So my accident was in 2012. Um, so it took a year to get help. Um, and I think by like mid 2014, I was kind of like on better track. Um, I was still trying to do the ROTC thing. Um, and um, that was kind of when I was on my like upward swing of, of doing better. And I still wasn't as far from perfect. Um, I, I kind of always measured my success by like how my grades were when undergrad. So that was like kind of when my, my grades started going up and I didn't withdraw from all of my classes every semester. Um, but uh, he, I had a lot of anxiety um, it was, you know, like depression and anxiety. Um, and so the anxiety was like the big part that I had to try to get over. Um, Mm -hmm. and so thankfully my depression, my therapist, um, helped me a lot with like coping skills because I had never learned coping skills before. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was, that was really helpful. Um, there was, so what's one of the coping skills that you really learned to lean on during the, that tough time? The, um, I like safe place, um, coping skill, I think is what it is, but you like imagine yourself, um, and kind of how he talked me through it was like, imagine you're, um, you know, a, a 
a place, you know, where you're super relaxed and mine was on the beach. Um, and, uh, like imagine that there's like a bubble around it and, you know, like people are tapping, trying to get in, but like there, there's nothing else that exists except for like what you are. And I think there was a box where I would put my negative emotions or, or something to that effect. Um, but really at this point, like I really just have that kind of like safe spot that I go to. Um, and that really helps me manage my anxiety when it gets overwhelming. Okay. Okay, cool. So you, you established kind of this relationship with this therapist that, you know, various coping skills that definitely one of them. Did you have to ever use any like psychiatric medication to manage any of your depression or anxiety? I didn't. Um, I definitely was probably called for, but I was really opposed to using mm-hmm. uh, meds. I was really worried um, because I wanted to do the military route that um, any kind of like really bad diagnoses would prevent me from doing that. And then I was worried that if I was on medications, that that would prevent me from doing the mm-hmm. military route. Um, and my therapist was really accommodating to those um, kind of fears. Yeah. So I, I didn't do meds. Um, and I think when I finally, I think one of the bigger turning points was like when it first started happening, um, and for a long time afterwards, I never told anyone. Um, and like, like I said, my husband, he never knew that things were as bad as they were, even though we were living together, um, just because I was so good at hiding it. And, um, and so by finally admitting to him and then his sister, like when asking for help and then kind of like slowly letting other people know kind of um, how bad things were getting. Like that was when I think I really started to make strides forward. Um, Yeah. And I sometimes get really frustrated when people assume depression and anxiety and, and really everything has to always be managed with some kind of pharmacology always. And it's like, it can help and there's certain situations, but it doesn't have to be used every single time to solve a problem. And I, you know, I think it's a, especially someone like me going into psychiatry, I always want to make sure that's something that I, I value. And if the patient isn't interested in the meds, then, you know, there are other ways to cope with depression and, um, you know, exercising, meditating can have just as much of an impact, if not more than the pills. And I still think like you just kind of alluded to a sense of like community and connecting with other people is a huge component of feeling better too. And, you know, it's a big reason why when I'm applying to residencies right now, most people, most older people tell me I shouldn't shouldn't write that I have bipolar disorder on the application which I strongly disagree with, but I'll say in professional words that, you know, as someone who has bipolar disorder, I truly think it's easier and healthier for me to tell people about this. People around me can sometimes recognize symptoms that maybe I am not amazing at recognizing, but just a sense of community that knowing that I'm not the only one with bipolar disorder, not the only one with mental illness, like you have also shared too, you know, just having a sense of connection to other people is such a big component of combating mental illness because, you know, when we're super depressed, you're all alone, you know? So like the opposite of being super depressed is connecting with others in a sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I totally agree with it. And it is so terrifying. Um, at least for me to, to talk about it, even now, um, even though I'm such a big advocate for talking to people, it's still, it's still always a little nerve wracking. Um, Mm -hmm because there are still those people who think that, that you're less than, um, because of, of your mental health problems. And, and I would never say that I'm glad that I got poisoned and had that traumatic accident and got depression and all of those things. Um, but I definitely think that I'm a stronger person because of it. Um, and it, it made me have stronger character than I think I would have if, if I had never had that experience. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And I think that's a healthy attitude of of looking at past trauma, you know, rather than trying to take more of a victim mentality, you know, even though you were, you had really, it was no fault of your own that that happened, but more like a, a warrior mentality in the sense, like I made it through this crazy, weird occurrence. 
of getting poisoned, you know, on, on a, my romantic weekend with, with my uh, boyfriend. You know, maybe it was for the best because you ended up marrying him. You know, if you didn't get poisoned, <laughs> maybe he would have left. You know, that's, you know. Maybe. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a fun story that you get to tell your grandkids for the rest of your life. You never remember that one time? This one, 21st birthday, almost, you know, croaked, but we're glad you're here. Um, and it's, it's you know, I'm glad that you were able to take some, some good life lessons from it. So, you know, I, we have about 25 minutes left-ish that I, I, I got to go pick up my wife after this uh, conversation. My car's in the shop. But... You know, these, I want to now transition kind of our conversation more to, you said you experienced depression really severely in another stage of your life. So can you kind of talk about that and also how you learned some lessons in your first experience or one of your experiences with depression and how that helped you during this period potentially? Yeah. So I was really worried. Um, I got pregnant with my daughter. I think I, like, I would count myself as cured cured quote unquote, uh, from the depression in like 2015. And I got pregnant with my daughter, um, like early 2016. And I was really worried about, um, getting postpartum depression then because I knew that there was a link between previous depression diagnoses and, and getting postpartum depression. Um, and it was fine. Um, no, no problems. And then I got pregnant during my first year of medical school and things like, seemed to be working out perfectly. Like we got pregnant right when we wanted. Um, my due date was after school ended, although I was crossing my fingers that I would go into labor before finals and that I would have, you know, they would just give me those points magically. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah. But, uh, and then, um, again, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is just not a good, um, time of year for me. I, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, I woke up um, and I, it was like middle of the night. I went to the bathroom and there was blood in the toilet. Um, and I, I cannot describe how terrifying that was. Um, because you, like I was, I was past the three months mark, um, mm -hmm. you know, when you think that you're safe and, um, and it just, I, I felt like betrayed, like it was my body that, um, or like somehow I was responsible for like this happening. And it was like that weird kind of like warring. Cause like sometimes you do bleed when you're pregnant and it's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then sometimes you, you do when it's not fine. Um, so we went to the ER and the baby was fine, but I had like a partial placenta previa. Um, okay. and, uh, and um, I don't know if you remember, but I was like still playing basketball up to this point and, and still pretty active and doing those things. And I was trying to be safe. Um, but anyone who knows me knows that I'm very competitive. Uh, and yeah, I, like I mean, to... if, it, if it tells you anything, I had no idea you were pregnant. Yeah. So no, you did not be like, no boxing me out. pregnant. No, <laughs> I definitely probably slammed into you. Um, yeah. Um, so there was like, right after that happened, I was really guilty. Like, or I felt a lot of guilt thinking it was somehow my fault that like, I had this placenta previa happen, which it's not obviously, um, but logic and emotion do not yeah. go hand in hand sometimes. Um, but it was, it was fine. It was considered a high risk pregnancy, I think at that point. Um, but thankfully, like as I progressed into my third trimester, um, it resolved. Okay. Um, which is wonderful. And, and, um, again, one of those things, most of the time it does resolve, but it's always that chance that it might not, um, kind of echoing the, the poisoning a little bit. Um, 
And then spring break hits and COVID makes the world go crazy. Um, and so we, I think it was, it was spring break. I was gone for a conference. Um, and we got an email from the school saying that they were going to, um, they were going to talk about how we would address COVID, um, like once school got started. And then like three days later, they were like, no in-person classes for the rest of the semester or like for a couple of months. And then it was like for the rest of the semester. So my husband and I, um, we didn't want to be in Yakima potentially like without any support system. Um, cause my in-laws were going to come down to help us with our daughter. And, uh, so we decided to just pack up and go to Alaska for, I think we we're up there for four months or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had my son, I didn't know it was a son until they, they, um, pulled him out, which was kind of cool. Fun. There you go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and things were, things were pretty good for the first couple months. Like I was, um, I knew that I, I didn't have a lot of time. And this is your second child, correct? Yeah. Okay. Second mm -hmm. child. Okay. Um, so I knew when we were up there that, that I didn't have a lot of time. Like once school start, got started again, I'd have to like really focus on that and that our kind of like one-on-one -on -one time, um, would kind of end. Um, so I really, I mean, it was like me and him every day of the summer together, like a hundred percent of the time, basically. Um, and then we got here and COVID was still raging in Yakima. Um, and we couldn't really see our friends and we couldn't really go out and do things. Uh, and I started feeling those kind of, um, feelings of, of depression again, but this time it wasn't so much the anxiety, just like these deep feelings of sadness. Um, mm -hmm. and so it, I was kind of in denial again, surprise, surprise for a couple of weeks. Um, but I finally reached out to the counseling services, uh, that the school offers and, and started talking to a counselor and, and using my coping skills and doing that. It's, it's kind of one of those things that like, um, the nice thing about PPD is it's, it's supposed to be self-limiting. So eventually well, so, it'll go so, away. You know, remember not every med person who's listening is a, is of course a med student. So PPD is what again? It's postpartum depression. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing, and, and I, I found, and it's even me, I feel like when we talk about things that are hard to talk about, like death or postpartum depression, we always like allude to different words that are just nicer. Um, and nicer, is that the right word? I don't even know. But if, if you I, get I what I'm trying to, trying to say, yeah, I mean, it is it is something hard to say, you know, like I've, I think I've had now a few instances where I've done episodes on postpartum depression and it's like, I think it's such an interesting, horrible diagnosis because it's like, a newlywed mother, a newlywed, cheese, a newly, <laughs> a, a new mother is, you know, this glowing woman taking care of this new newborn. They look so beautiful and all these things. And we assume that it must be the perfect life. Uh, and yet we know that something goes in wrong in brain chemistry or the body's changing, reacting to that, not having that human inside their body anymore. Who exactly knows? Um, and then also circumstances play a role too. COVID certainly plays a role. But either way, so many females are subjected to postpartum depression and it is ignored. And I think it is so different than typical bipolar disorder, kind of like me. And I think it's much harder in many ways. I think it's like one in five women um, mm -hmm. will get postpartum depression and that number is like greatly um underrepresented or yeah, underreported yeah. um and then you like um in different cultures it's it's they don't talk about it even more than like our culture doesn't and that makes it a lot worse and um so yeah so i have postpartum depression um and god this year has just been hell um <laughs> i i'm surviving um and I'm mostly keeping with up with my responsibilities. Um, but I, I, I did do, I, I reached out to my friends pretty quickly and I told them, um, I have a really great, uh, group of core friends here at, uh, at school and they are, they are definitely my lifeline. Um, mm -hmm. and so that, that really helps a lot. It just, 
it's kind of taking it day by day. And um, there was a couple weeks where I was feeling pretty good and I thought I was finally over it. And then I took a dip again. And a lot of times it has to do with how well I'm doing in school, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, which is not super well, but I'm still passing, which is it's all I have to worry about. Grades don't matter. I'm a strong advocate of grades do not matter. I think med school is significantly harder than it needs to be. And I still will loud and proud, nothing in second year matters outside of your board score. I'm sorry. It, in my eyes, it doesn't. You have this big looming eight hour, nine hour long test. And as a DO student, you have two of them most likely. Um, meaning the MD ones and the DO ones. It's a long story. I don't even want to go into it. Podcast, but it's a lot of a lot of studying, and it is such a weird, strange test. Like, you know, I, I do think almost all of our efforts do need to be preparing for that one test because it is so different than everything else that we do. And if you don't like the, the sounds of that, then we need to get rid of board tests because, it, and it's just insane to me. And so, you know, I. I I just hope in the second year of med school, you just really stop caring about certain things. I'm, I'm trying. They don't matter. You know, C's get degrees, but really it all comes down to the board test right now. It does just pass. And the biggest thing right now is retaining information that you learned three or four months ago. And, and so that's the name of the game. Who cares? Just, you know, I, and I, I think second year was, I mean, first semester of vet school was terrible, but second year was awful trying to juggle everything and prepare for boards. Um, so how have, how has this bout experiencing depression differed from, you know, that traumatic kind of experiences and what, what new things have you had to do in, in this experience now? Um, it's, it's different because there's a lot less anxiety this time around, um, which I'm, kind of grateful for um but just the like like I'll just be sad for no reason um which is kind of hard to deal with and then like sometimes I'll cry for no reason and and I really just like crying um and uh but sometimes it's just it's just really good to cry like you just need to cry um but it I've fallen back into a lot of those old habits of just kind of like not leaving the house and not being very motivated. Um, But it's kind of like self-imposed in many ways. I feel right now COVID is like self-imposed symptoms of depression on everyone. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it really is, is in many ways, you know, not your fault in, in some respects, you know, and, and it's just, it's, I've had friends, family, everyone, even myself, I feel like has felt this, that, way right now and it is horrible and you know i i want covid to be managed and you know everyone to stay as safe as possible but i do think we really need to start talking about that that how we all feel kind of i feel like the sense of depression right now yeah the isolation is is so difficult Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so how have you tried to break through that weird isolation that we find ourselves in right now I, I have my little study group, my core group of friends, um, and we don't hang out very often, but we do, I do try to see them, um, as much as I can. Um, I have that weird, like, I, I really want to see them. And if it was just me and my husband, I probably would. Um, but I also have young kids at home and I don't want to risk, mm-hmm. um, bringing it back to them, but they're also trying to be safe and keeping their, their circle of contacts small and, Thankfully, the numbers in Yakima um, are a lot lower, so it feels a little bit more comfortable just kind of seeing them, um, but not not hanging out with a lot of people or, or doing anything um, mm-hmm. crazy or anything like that. But that's it's it's one of those things you, you have to balance the you know being safe with COVID and, and trying not to um, you know go outside of your bubble, but at the same time, like you need those connections with people. Um, yeah to stay sane. Well, and what, one, something you said earlier really kind of made me think, you know, one thing that I've really kind of learned is, you know, if, if we were all feeling totally normal and happy during this past 2020, I think we'd be pretty psychopath. You know, it's, it's, 
it's not a normal time. We are in this horrific situation, this tragedy. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. CareerBuilder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Um, and still, you know, these periods of isolation, it is lame and not fun. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to feel crappy and sad. And and you know, in a sense, like you said. Yeah, like have a cry or or like have like a sad feeling and like feel that like and and I in many ways think that's actually a good thing because I look forward to now on the other side of COVID when we can come back together. Maybe people are going to get together more. Maybe when people are actually together, they won't look at their damn phones so fucking much. <laughs> you know, like hopefully we'll have some sense of more appreciation being around each other because we felt this sadness for I don't who knows how long COVID will really be impacting our life like this but it, it's I think we have to accept that we all feel crappy right now and give ourselves permission to feel that way it's like we we feel this normal feeling is supposed to always be like happy-go-lucky amazing and it's like no like we're supposed to feel like crap right now like like this this is this is crappy yeah, I think that was one of the biggest things that I learned um, the first time around with my depression was I was really, I was really hard on myself, like when I wouldn't do things or when I wouldn't get things done. Um, and my, my therapist really worked um, with me to kind of like give myself permission to be okay with dropping the ball sometimes. Uh, and sometimes I take that to the other ex extreme where I'm like, oh, it's fine that I haven't done anything today um, or the other day or, or the next day or the next day. Um, but so I got to bring it back this way a little bit, but I definitely um, sometimes, sometimes you just feel bad and that's okay. Um, and sometimes you don't do the things that you meant to do and, and that's also okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. within reason. I mean, I've, I've found my best cure for that feeling in, in this COVID time is simply taking my dog on a walk. And I know not everyone has that capability. Not everyone has an awesome Husky like me. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> you for have that. a beautiful dog. I have, yeah. I have an awesome Husky, but you know, I think at least a lot of us can go on a walk. That is something we can do safely right now. Social with social distancing and, and, you know, go on a walk with your family or, maybe meeting one friend and staying distance apart, but you know, just that simple sense of going out for a walk and getting outside, getting that blood flow going, you know, it, it doesn't have, I think necessarily a, a long, long, long impact, but if you do a walk every day, you have that like really good feeling every day. And then you start to get in kind of a pattern. And that's kind of been my, I feel like, best thing I've been leaning on during COVID because I, I have felt like you said, so lost and it's like so lame, but at least still the sun is shining kind of thing. At least I still can go on a walk and, and, and do these kind of things that are so simple, but do have such a powerful impact. Yeah. They, um, I keep trying to convince my husband to let us get a dog and he says, Oh, with the new baby, you know, too many responsibilities. And, um, but he did make me uh, a bet, bet, I don't know if that's the word, but he said that if I score hundred percent on a test, then we can get a dog. Um, and so now I just need to convince the school to give me a hundred percent on a test because it's not going to happen on my own. Um, yeah. and, and Hey, look, <laughs> we all know you're just going to get a dog and be like, look, this is happening. Uh, remember I made the babies. I made the people. So yeah, I can bring I did in, all the work. I can bring in a furry, <laughs> a furry one for help here. Okay. For emotional support from mama. What'd you do? Yeah. What'd you do Maybe. over there? 
I'll just, I'll dress the puppy in the baby's clothes and then I'll just say like, oh, there was another baby that came out all of a sudden. It's just a little hairy. It's fine. Yeah. Why, why I make jokes is for years I said I wanted a dog. I wanted a dog. And then the moment my wife wanted a dog, we had one within a week. So, <laughs> you know, what can we do? Well, so Monica, we've been talking for about 50 minutes here. Um, thanks again for your willingness to kind of share your experiences. You've had a wild journey, you know, with trauma being accidentally poisoned and then your postpartum kind of experiences and, and COVID related sort of experiences. Um, I like always finishing on like, if you could, you know, imagine before your trauma or um, maybe when you first started getting symptoms of, of post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, after that trauma, or you started getting symptoms postpartum, what advice do you think could have helped your younger self? I think recognizing that it's, it's okay to get help and that you're actually stronger for getting help than trying to suck it up. Um, I think if, if I would have gotten help earlier, I probably wouldn't have needed to go to counseling for um, a year, however long it was, um, probably longer. And so I think reaching out early and often, and if, and if it's not a counselor to a friend, just tell someone that you're struggling, literally anyone, st random stranger, um, whatever. Just, I think if I could convince my old self to do that, then I think things would have worked out a little bit better. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And, and that, I guess I'll kind of end the evening. Like, you know, if, if I was thinking about, you know, when we see a patient with back pain or headaches, you know, normally they don't minimize their symptoms, meaning like they don't, you know, oh, it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Maybe some patients do, but if you have a really bad headache, you want to get rid of that headache. Or if your back is hitting a nerve or something, you want to get rid of that. That really bothers you. But when we're in this mental rut of depression, it seems like we minimize it. Like, yeah, you know, it's, we're going through a tough spot, but it's not that bad, you, you know, like minimizing it. Mm -hmm. But I think if we can just be a little bit more honest about sometimes the symptoms that we're experiencing and, you know, that, pain that you're feeling emotionally is just as valid as that pain you feel in your back. And, and you really shouldn't think of it as any differently. Um, well, Monica, this has been a great uh, conversation. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. Um, we haven't seen each other in geez, I don't even know how long, um, but hopefully long we get to play basketball um, at some point uh, in the future. But yeah, thanks again. This was a great, great episode. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks Logan. Thanks for having me. All right, cool. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Time to take this submarine back up. Oh, but it's tax season up there, Captain. You know, all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with Tax Act. How did you get... April here. To remind you that with Tax Act, you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less. Beats being submerged for another month. Hey, Captain? To your stations. We're headed home. Guess I should probably close that window I opened. What? Kidding. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See taxact.com for details.